Me too. I think yours sounded better. I had a slower crack. That's why they call, that's why they call me Slow Crack Burke. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan. I'm Steve. This is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. podcast. We're back at it. Yep. This week's first ad was sent by Tyson Brown. It is a peach custom guitar. It's not peach in color. Peach is the brand or the maker. Yep. It is definitely not peach themed in body shape. It's like uh, Batman themed. It kind of reminds me of those old uh, rocket guitars. Who made those rocket guitars? Was it Harmony? Harmony had a model called the Rocket, but I don't think it looked like this. Rocket guitar. I'm going to search it. This is a Peach Custom Instruments SR1. It says it's unique. It's $1,100 plus shipping on Reverb. This is a one-off to the best of my knowledge. Made in Colorado. Walnut three-piece body with neck through construction. Three hand-wound Peach humbuckers. Controls as follows. Three volume tone push-pull knobs. One for each pickup located on the lower side. Three call tap switches, one for each pickup, five way blade switch, just like a strat. Yeah, the Harmony Rocket is not what I was thinking of. Uh, Black Eyes Passive Overdrive. Echo, knob. the Echo Rocket. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of in that vein, but not um, really. The Black Eyes Passive Overdrive. Do you remember these? Yeah, yeah. This I always want to mess overdrive. around with the Black Eyes. Uh, on single coil setting, it adds some great girth and clarity to the ter- tone. In Humbucker, it adds some nice drive. Add this to your current overdrive, and it acts as a great boost feature. Ebony fretboard, Grover tuners, and is lightweight. Uh, pick guard is missing a screw. Case pictured is included. I've always heard those black ice are basically like, I think like two or three like Zenner diodes. Yeah. Just like in, like all connected to each other somehow. Yeah. I've always wanted to mess around with one, but then people always talk me out of it because like, oh, you can just make it yourself. I'm like, I'm going to fudge it up somehow. I don't know how to get my hands on individual components either. It's like half the people I knew would be like, oh, you should just make it yourself. And the other half of the people would be like, why even bother? It's going to suck anyway. (laughs) And then they push you into the dirt and spit on you. (laughs) And then then they're like, why would you get that thing that costs $25 when you can buy a $400 hand-wired Ibanez tube screamer instead? Most of the time when I talk to people about it, they're like, why do you even talk to me? I told you not to call me anymore. It's awful. Why do you think we're friends? (laughs) Why are you so obsessed with me? (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about this guitar instead of making these dumb jokes. I weirdly kind of like it. Oh, I love this. And maybe it's not a surprise because I I do like weird-shaped guitars, but we cover a lot of weird-shaped guitars on here that I don't like. I do have a couple of questions about the strap button locations. Uh, like what? Oh yeah, weird. Actually, the more I look at this, I have the question. I have some questions about the way where the locations of everything. Like, yeah, everything's fi- pretty wild. The five-way switch uh, is above the presumably. Was this meant to be selectors. a lefty? That doesn't make sense either. Uh, like what is that extra knob up there? I'm, but that's, oh, that's for the black for, ice. That's probably for the, you're right. That's probably for the black ice. Yeah. No, oh, the switches are coil tap switches. It has this whole like Soviet vibe going yeah, on. Yeah. So, okay. So if the volume tone are push pull knobs, volume and tone. Okay. Yeah. Weird. Um, I'd, so I'd the, the, the car's body is shaped like a cocktail fork, like for like stabbing onions and, 
and olives and stuff to put into your martinis or, or whatever. Like, or like Batman. Or it kind of looks like Batman. It's like the cowl. Yeah, that kind of upside down Batman head, I guess. You got to look at pictures of this thing if you want to see it. Yeah. Is, I like, it's really fun that it has three zebra humbuckers in it. Yeah. The pit guard shape is very Soviet, like I was mentioning, just all over the place. That crazy body shape. Who yeah. knows what's going on with those? You know, it almost makes sense having, because there's one strap button in this, the the V cutout, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Uh and then there's another strap button underneath the lower bout by the neck. Right. And that almost makes sense in that the strap would wrap behind the guitar and underneath it. Because there's really nowhere else to put it. It's got a very, like, smoothly carved neck heel. Yeah, so, I mean, that's the thing is, like, uh, you know, I don't... You know what? No, you, I don't no, understand. you still put the strap button and the neck heel. That's not an excuse. I have no idea what's going on there. Yeah. That's that's bananas. <laughs> this thing is strangely charming, though. I would play. I would. I want to play this. I would pick if I saw this in a shop. If I was walking by the shop, I would go into the shop this because of this guitar. This is in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, we should spend some inner circle funds just to go play. Oh, this guitar. shut up! <laughs> Dude, jump on a plane. Just go check this thing out. <laughs> We should uh, hire a correspondent to go investigate this thing. Someone, do we know anyone in Boulder, Colorado? I'm sure we do. If you're a listener in Boulder, Colorado, track down Steve on Facebook and message him privately instead of spamming our email address. What's You don't like getting email? <laughs> I'm just joking. I don't care. I prefer getting email. Steve did a call out for emails a couple episodes ago, and we got emails. That's for sure. Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, the price is... A little bit out there for something like a brand I've never heard of. A shape that is bonkers. Some uh, design decisions that are pretty funky. I mean, this is a guitar where there's been a channel routed out for the bridge and the tailpiece. Probably because once they put it together, they realized that the bridge and the tailpiece were too high off the body. Oh, I just figured it was done like that on purpose. Maybe it was, but when I see something like that, I'm like, uh, they didn't they didn't plan for the uh, angle of the neck mm, right. Maybe, um, you know, like it's 1100. Like you said, it's high for something for like a company you've never heard it's of. Definitely but, a, it's definitely high to take a risk on online, right? But but I would say like, okay, you're never going to see this again. This is this is uh, I would almost say like this is like early Hallmark kind of a thing, like. If I was just cruising Facebook and I didn't know you and I just saw a Hallmark guitar, I'd be like, I don't know what the heck this thing is. Why would I pay nine hundred dollars for this? Sure, you know? sure. Maybe there's a maybe there's a fan following of these things. Yeah. And they're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's up on the market. The most famous one. Oh, and it's only eleven hundred dollars. Usually they're upwards of twenty twenty nine hundred dollars. I don't know. We don't know. That's part of the mystery of it. We've never seen this before in our lives. We don't know anything about this builder. There's elements of this that are super wacky. So who knows? It, how do you how do you justify spending eleven hundred dollars on a guitar without knowing anything real about it, without having any assurance that comes with brand recognition or being able to research something? You know, I'm seeing. I'm looking at. So this guy actually had a has a Facebook page. I'm looking at some of the other pictures on there. Yeah. And this might be like the best one that he did because some of them are like 
lightning bolt guitar. Oh, weird. Uh, and that one's actually like pretty conventional, to be like, honest. I believe that anyone who makes a guitar of playable quality by hand should value their time. And easily any guitar made by hand by a person can quickly become a multi-thousand dollar instrument. Here's something that... here's a- Based on the time that it takes... And the skill that it takes, but it's hard to convince the consumer of Here's that. Here's a guitar I think you would find interesting. That is interesting. It's is a it fretless? It's a fretless slide guitar with double lipstick pickups. That is a looker. Here, take a screen grab of that and send it to me. Um, yeah, that's an interesting looker. Like, the guy has an interesting uh, aesthetic. He has an interesting design aesthetic, that's for sure. That lightning bolt one, not so much. It was all right, but that one's all right. Uh, I don't know. Best of luck to him. I hope that... Uh, oh, you sent it to the iPad and said, whatever. Uh, that was just the first thing that came up, dude. <laughs> uh, I hope that this guy is doing what he wants to do and is selling the guitars he wants to sell. Because I do think that this guitar looks fun in a really yeah. unique way. It looks like he maybe only made like a, a needs handful a, of guitars. Needs a Bigsby though for me to want it. He made this Les Paul looking thing. <laughs> oh, that's wonky. I like it though. You know, I, I, I'm liking his. I'm liking his eye. I'm liking what he's doing. That's different. It's you neat. know. Yeah. Is it eleven hundred dollars neat to be determined? Peach uh, guitars. But if you've, you know, if you've ever watch, I'm going to run into this guy at Nam. If you've, if you've had any experience with Peach custom guitars, join the Facebook group and tell us about it there. Yeah. So but I, I feel like we're saying nice things about this. Yeah, I don't know why I'm like trying to like defend myself. I don't have to say nice things about I don't it if I don't want either. to. But there's something I like about it, even though it is super wonky and weird. Especially because it's super wonky and weird. All right, you got anything new, Steve? I do not. Do you have anything new, Ryan? I got another <laughs> walrus pedal. Another walrus Well, this pedal. is one is old news by now because it launched uh, last Wednesday. Oh, well, that kind of... But maybe you don't watch YouTube demos. You only listen to the podcast, so you want to hear about it. But I've got this Mako Series D1 yeah, from Walrus. This is something totally different from Walrus. Complete departure for Wal- from Walrus because they usually do, like, you know, like the Julia, like a pretty normal... Standalone pedal, you know, a couple knobs, a switch. It's an analog. Yeah. Chorus. This uh vibrato. this pedal has side jacks and top jacks. Yeah, it's got MIDI top jacks. It's got stereo through. It's got two switches on it, bypass and tap. It's a delay. Uh, it's got a lot of settings that you would expect on a modern mm-hmm. delay. Mm-hmm. Um it's got uh, the ability to tweak uh modulation tone and age of each delay settings. Digital, modern, vintage, dual, and reverse delay. It's got nine preset slots that you can access. Wow! From the pedal, it's, there's an ABC bank, right? And then when you uh, double tap, when you uh-huh. tap both buttons with your foot, right. it scrolls through red, blue, and green LEDs. So you get three different presets per bank. Cool. Um, the thing that I really like about this, the thing that I think really defines the character of it is the attack knob because the rest of it is like normal delay stuff. Right. For the most part. But the attack knob really gives this pedal a unique character. Uh, Okay. So you've got, how do I explain this? You've got your dry signal that's running into the delay pedal. Okay. And that signal passes through depending on the mix. Right. Setting. It's taking your dry signal and this, the, and before it's applied 
to the delay effect mm-hmm. is the attack knob runs it through like a slow gear style filter. You don't hear this slow gear style filter affecting your dry signal. Right. This o- is only, only the wet signal. This is only the signal that's being applied to the delay. So if you turn up that attack knob, what it does is the repeats are softened at the beginning of the repeat. So it goes from a, you can dial in like a hard digital delay sound where you're really hearing your note being repeated over and over again. But then you dial up that attack and it gets softer. It gets, turns into like an echo. It gets kind of stuttery and falls behind, uh, you know, the beat a little bit and things Mm -hmm. like that. And it makes it just so moody, almost pushing into like, like ambient reverb type sounds. I'm excited for you to hear this thing. We can't do it now because the kids are asleep. But I think I probably he, won't hear it until now. I think this is a really cool pedal. I'm excited to see what Walrus does with this Mako line because they're throwing a lot into a box here. They're doing a fully modern, like digital, you know, does everything you could ever dream, right? Uh, sort of. I mean, presumably here. there's going to be like a T1 and an R1 at least, right? I'd hope there's a reverb. Uh, T would be tremolo. I'd hope it would be like a modulation. They all like a bunch of modulation. Yeah, a bunch of one. modulations. It wouldn't just be like a a single chorus one and a single tremolo one. Maybe a, a I don't T1 know. T one and a C that's one. Not, that's not for Walrus to decide, no. dude. I don't know. <laughs> Some sort of rotary. No, it's for me to decide. Rotary or modulations or something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, not an R one for sure. Some it's ro- a given. They've got to be already working on the reverb, some rotary right? Rotary modulations. Or they're waiting to see how this sells, and then yeah. they'll decide to move on. Yeah. But uh, I think it's really cool. I really like the functionality of it. It looks really neat with this custom box they came up with. Yeah, that's a really cool little notch there, and it's like bent steel around the edges. Yeah, they went above and beyond with this. They're they're re uh, they're redoing their look. You know, I kind of feel like this is the future of guitar pedals. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> that's called a callback. All right, you ready to do our uh, album exchange? Yeah, this week's album we're going to talk about is uh, Jimi Hendrix, Are You Experienced? Is it Jimi Hendrix or the Jimi Hendrix Experience? That's a good question. James Hendrix (laughs) Experience. So how long ago did you listen to this album from today? Also this, uh, like, two days ago. Okay, I think I listened to it about two days ago. Or yesterday? I think I listened to it yesterday. Yeah, this is a 1967 by the Jimi Hendrix Experience. So I want to hear your take on this. Um, so Have you the, ever listened to a, a full Hendrix album this before? This is the first time I've listened to a full Hendrix album. I did not expect this to... Out, so the one that we listened to actually... Because um, there's a bunch of different versions of this album... Based on where it was released yeah. and track listings. So the and one stuff. that we listened actually listened to was the North American CD reissue. Okay. Uh, which is a 17 track. Uh, but the original one, um, the original North American edition, basically has every Jimi Hendrix song that I already know. Right. Uh, which I was surprised to, I didn't realize that they were all going to be on the same album. But this is in contrast to like what I was saying about the Rolling Stones album last week, where it's like, Right out of the gate, you're like smashing the face with Purple Haze. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, I'm in. I'm in. I, I fully felt 
the weight of like the B side effect with this album where you get halfway through and like the bangers just start kind of dwindling off. You th- you think so? Yeah. Because uh well again we listened to the deluxe edition which is a little which has an extra five tracks on oh, okay. it. Okay. And so those five tracks But I mean you definitely sorry, six get, tracks. You get out of like the hits. Like so I think it with the original eleven songs you don't you won't necessarily you wouldn't have necessarily felt that way because okay. because the tenth track is Foxy Lady. Oh wow. And then the eleventh yeah. track is Are You Experienced? Where it's like you've lit like so then it almost feels um bookended if sure, you ended sure. on Are You Experienced. I really enjoyed listening to this. Um I'm not like a Hendrix, like I'm not a music historian. Obviously we've been criticized up and down all over the internets because Ryan doesn't worship at the feet of Dave Gilmore. Uh, and I don't know what anytime that's revealed that we don't know anything about something or that we don't, we're not fans of one performer. There's like three or four people who pop up like, I can't believe it. I cannot believe that you are not the super fan that I am and this and that. And like, right. we don't all listen to right. the same stuff, guys. I can't believe you don't, uh, you did not. I can't believe you didn't buy Led Zeppelin one through four, the original vinyl release. <laughs> I I mean, in the time that we grew up in, the time that we came of age in, like CDs were expensive. Yeah. When I was a teenager, like I could not afford a $17 CD when I was a teenager. So like I was reliant on the radio and friends like, like making tapes for me and whatnot. I bought probably maybe like eight CDs. Oh, I bought when I was a teen. I bought like a ton of CDs when I was a teen, but until I I had it, until I had a car and I could get to like the used shops. Right. I wasn't buying music. I just couldn't afford it. I just can't like imagine, um, being like i just can't imagine having the mentality and maybe it's because you know even by the time like we were teenagers it was like the mtv generation sure singles and whatever but there yeah there was a different mentality towards towards music in general like i just i just exactly and so i can't i can't process the idea of like what you've never listened to this album you know like album 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 and 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 i'm an album listener like sure i don't like listening to like individual songs on shuffle like i Right, you want to hear it in context. I listened to things in context. Um, I re- I really enjoyed listening to this. I wanted to listen that's to it interesting. again. Yeah, is it? Why do you think that's interesting? Did you not enjoy listening to this? No, I did enjoy listening to it. Um, I wasn't expecting you to be super hot on it. I didn't think you would dislike it. I didn't think you would be excited about it though. That's yeah, interesting. no, it was uh, it was it was fun. I enjoyed it. The thing I kept thinking while I was listening to it mm-hmm. is that. Our community, our niche focus is so much on Jimmy Jimi Hendrix, the guitar player. Yeah. And and truly, like throughout his songs, like his style is to be playing lead when other people would be playing rhythm. Mm-hmm. He is just a lead guitarist guitarist. Like while he's singing, when he could be courting, he's like filling the space with all these like like fun little riffs and stuff. Right. And that's I think the attraction to Hendrix. Uh, and then just like the you know the big hook riffs he comes up with and whatnot. Yeah, I, uh, I but, would also say I listening to this album. I feel like to me confirms the thing that we've always said is you know 
People say, oh, Jimmy just had like a fuzz face and an Octavia and that's all, and a cranked Marshall. Oh, man. No, like, no, no. Like this, if you listen to this and you're not sitting there going like, dude, this guy would definitely have like every Chase Bliss pedal. One of my notes, listen to it, is like, they spend so much time on this album experimenting with stereo panning. Yeah. Like yeah. if you listen in a stereo way at all, like they are always racking that stereo back and forth and experimenting with it in really like glitchy ways. Mm-hmm. It's like, these are the, the, the people involved with this album are experimenters. And if, yeah. if they had had it in HX stomp available to them, they would have, you know, like pushed it to its limits to find weird things sure. to do with it. For sure. They did what they could with the equipment that was available at the time. But going back to what I was trying to get to, like we think of, you know, Hendrix as a guitarist, I feel like we need to think of him more in terms of like someone who came up with banger pop songs. Cause it's not like these songs are like complex lyrical masterpieces or anything like that. Sure. But freaking Foxy lady, like that's a banger. Mm-hmm. That is a song. Everyone's going to enjoy listening to. It's just fun. Like this is fun. Like, bar jam and music yeah it's yeah. fun like get it stuck in your head like good time create all these music uh, but there's there's like a certain quality to it that is just undeniably fun um another thought i had about it is that my, i think our experience as being kind of gen xers and millennials or whatever mm-hmm. people say we are at any given time uh, no one ever accuses me of being a gen xer as uh you know, growing up under the thumb and under the influence of older generations before us, how they promote, you know, certain, you know, guitar gods or whatever, like right. the Hendrixes of the world, the Clapton's of the world, they present them as monolithic, like standalone icons that came up with everything and invented their sound and this and that. As someone who spends a lot of time listening to psychedelic music, mm-hmm. I think anyone who is a big fan of Hendrix. If you're not listening to his contemporaries, you're leaving a lot on the table Mm. because a lot of the stuff that's going on in these songs is not necessarily pioneered by Hendrix. And you, I think you would enjoy finding out where a lot of the vibe of his music comes from. It comes from the genre that he's in. So the time time that he's in, like, I think people should go listen to, uh, uh, they should go listen to 13th floor elevators, you know, star strawberry alarm clock, like bands like that, like go explore the psychedelic music of that time mm-hmm. and hear the way everyone is influencing each other. And it's not just like, Oh, Hendrix showed up and invented this. Cause there's right. a lot of stuff that happens in his music that was, is, you know, just part of that sound of that time. And it's it's not invented by him, but it's invented by that community of bands, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's something worth looking into. I think it's something I can encourage people who might be fans of Hendrix but have maybe not explored the rest of that genre to go do. Like, go look up some psychedelic bands. And I'm right. not talking Pink Floyd or bands that get listed as psychedelic. I'm talking about psychedelic in the psychedelic genre. Yeah, yeah. Not bands that are like, oh, these sound kind of trippy. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a very specific genre of music. You know what? Uh, there's a podcast uh, called Retrospect. It's based out of New Zealand. 
and it's all psychedelic music and there's a lot of global psychedelic music in it, which is a lot of fun. Like they'll pull up like Japanese psychedelic, like group sound stuff and they'll pull up you know, stuff from South America or whatever. Right. Go listen to that. There's a lot of great stuff in there and you'll hear what I'm talking about. But I'd, it was a fun listen. I think everyone should listen to this album, especially if you're a guitarist. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'm glad uh, we started off with a couple classic albums. Yeah, uh, I don't know if we how long we want to stay in that space. I think or this was we're good, just going to get this was a good place to start to because you know my my thought because we've like bounced this idea around for a really long time, but I've always just wanted to do it uh, to force you to listen to music that I think you won't like. <laughs> uh, I wonder if I could find something that I think you wouldn't like. Probably. It probably exists. Make me look. The thing is, is because we're both listening to it. So it's got to like be how something. Weird, how weird do you get? Like if I drop a ween album on you, is that going to fre- listen to ween? Is it going to freak you out? Uh, I don't know. I've never listened to ween. What, do, what does ween sound like? What There's is, Dean, Dean ween and Billy ween. What Bill, does ween sound like is what Steve is asking. Dean ween is one of them. And Billy ween was the general manager for the Oakland A's, right? Yeah. 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 That's there what it go. sounds like. All right, let's uh, let's move on to uh, the billing department. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> I think you know what these other podcasts come up with a great way to announce that they're moving into sponsorships. What can I do but steal from them? Like yeah. I can't come up with creative stuff like that. <laughs> You're not creative at all. What would what would be what would be a term we could use uh, for for the like a guitar centric, music centric sort of like here comes the invoice. I don't know. We this isn't the time, Ryan. It's not the place, uh, that's for sure. Thanks, uh, thanks to this week's first sponsor, Diderio, uh, makers of the XT string. Uh, the XT string has an ultra thin uh, coating for super long life. I mean, it's so thin you're not even going to know it's there. Uh, it's just it's going to feel fantastic. On if your these fingers. were condoms, if strings were condoms, these would be the ones you want. Nice and thin, you can really feel that string. But you're still protected. There you go. Uh, it's got the uh, carbon fiber uh, from the NYXL and the Fusion Twist. There's all of like the greatest features of the latest uh, D'Addario strings. You want to go check these out. Uh, if you haven't yet, like... I'm addicted to them now. I can't quit. I got a link in the notes. Go click the link. Huge thanks to D'Addario. Uh, D'Addario? Diario, Dar- thanks to Dario. Dario, Th- thanks Diario, thanks Dario, thanks. Uh, <laughs> Yo, Daddyo, I gotta get this straight because I know I know it's, this episode come out after Nam, but we're recording it before Nam. Uh, they're gonna they're sponsoring, yeah, yeah, yeah. our Nam coverage. So I gotta say, Dario, Dario, a billion times in the next week. So I gotta get that. You're gonna straight. go to the. You're gonna go like check in with them at like their booth. And you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm sponsored by you guys. I, I love the Daddio strings. And they're going to be like, the what? <laughs> they're going to punch me in the teeth. Then they're going to throw me out a window. All right. But seriously, uh, go check out these strings. Yeah. And, and go watch the NAM booth to see if they actually do punch me in the teeth and throw me out a window. <laughs> All right, thanks to Dario. I'm sorry for screwing this up. All right, uh, next topic. Yeah, this topic is uh, an article, I guess, Ryan found. Uh, I don't remember where I saw this posted, but the moment I did, I messaged it to you <laughs> because it's so bonkers. Basically, Ryan found a thing that we, that both of us would have had to have worn. Oh, my gosh, we over were. and over again. The medieval shame flute 
was used to punish music, bad musicians in the Middle Ages. Uh, this is a thing that looks like a giant iron clarinet. It kind of looks like a blunderbuss. It does look like a blunderbuss, uh, but it's a torture device. It's this thing that like locks onto your neck, and then they lock your fingers to where like the buttons. Yeah, it would has be. like this metal blade that comes down with with finger holes in it, so it locks your fingers onto this trumpet, this this flute sort of thing. Yeah, so that you're permanently stuck in the position of playing this instrument. But yeah. it's not an actual playable instrument. It's strictly an object of shame Apparently, for punishing people who play music poorly. My my two favorite things about this is the paragraph where they say, played your lute a bit out of tune? Shame flute. Dropped a couple <laughs> of juggling balls while jesting? Shame, shame flute. flute. So the whole thing is, is this wasn't just for musicians. It was performers. If you were like, oh, like... If you were trying to like mime and then all of a sudden you talked, someone would be like, shame flute, bro. Get the shame flute. This mime just talked. Yeah. <laughs> what was that mime? What did you say? You said something. That's the reason we're getting the shame yeah. flute. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Can you imagine? And then you, they would like, I would get the shame flute now. They would, then they march you around town. So people would be like, oh, that guy's got the shame flute. Yeah. I'll throw a tomato at him. Boo, you suck. Yeah, and it's like you're not they're not even having to listen to you. They just know that you suck based on your shame flute. Guys, and because from now on, anytime someone sucks at playing guitar online, myself included, hashtag shame flute. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I want that to take off. <laughs> I'm gonna start using it as a hashtag on Instagram. Hashtag shame flute. Oh man! So, I mean, they would have to make a shame guitar for us now, and it would like lock our fingers to the fretboard and like handcuff our hand to the guitar, and then you got to walk around all day. And it's worse if you're a bassist because it's bigger oh and heavier. Gosh. It's made out of metal. Shame bass. Shame bass. <laughs> shame tar. Oh, Could you imagine? But it's like your hands are stuck here, so they're throwing stuff at you, and you just like all you can do is take it. Yeah, you can't you're just, just like you're like oh, oh stop stop. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't really defend yourself, can you? Oh, it's really awful. Can you imagine living in a time when society comes together as one and decides like. Poor musicianship and poor performance is not acceptable, and we all have to hear you all day. So please just freaking tighten it up, or we're putting you back in the shackles and the shame flute. We're going to parade you in ta around town again. All we're saying is go practice in the woods. We're sick of it. <laughs> Nowadays, when you tell someone, like, you're not very good at guitar, are you? They're just like, no, I'm an artist. Now they have. Haven't you ever heard of jazz? Now they have Waza headphones so you can suck <laughs> in private. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's, Pretty incredible that's, time. That's the next boss product. You've got the Waza headphones and then you've got the Waza shame. The Waza shame. It's headphones, but it's got like a strap underneath that get like clips the headphones onto your head like semi-permanently. No, it's, here's what it is. You got the shame guitar. It's it's transmitting to the shame headphones. So you're forced to listen to yourself play. The, the Waza shame is headphones that like clamp onto your head. You can't take it off. It's bolted on and it replays what you were playing earlier. <laughs> 
Like, it sounds fine when you're playing because you're like, oh, yeah, I'm playing guitar. I'm cool. But then you have to hear it later. And it's not just headphones. It's got speakers in it. So, so like, you were you were playing in ho- at home in private. No one could hear you. You thought you were safe. Waza Shame is like, ah, oh, no, buddy. That sucked. You have to wear these things and clamp them to your head. It's got speakers on the sides of it so everyone around you can hear your awful playing. Oh, my gosh. And they look at you like, oh, you deserve this punishment. That is truly awful playing. Who taught you those riffs? Those are garbage riffs. The worst. The worst. How dare you. All I'm saying is we should bring back, what is that, corporal punishment? Corporal punishment. Capital punishment is death, right? Yeah. Yeah. Corporal is just when it's pretty rough stuff. Corporal just means we, like, beat you until you're almost dead. Yeah. Close to death. I started to watch uh, Mutiny on the Bounty. (laughs) Is that on uh, Disney Plus? (laughs) I don't know. I think it was on Netflix. It sounds like something. I got. Half- is it like a remake or it's like the no, old no? One? It was like the old one. Uh, I got halfway through it. Yeah. I didn't even get to the mutiny part. I went to bed. I was like, oh man, this is pretty fun. I'm gonna. <laughs> didn't fin- even get to the mutiny part. It's, I get- the, it's the. I was just the bounty part. The it was just the bounty part. Uh, <laughs> and I go to bed. I'm like, oh man, I'm totally gonna pick this up tomorrow. I'm gonna finish it because I'm having a great time watching this old movie. And they. <laughs> Pulled it off of Netflix. <laughs> no, this episode. So I, don't, I don't get to see the mutiny part. This episode is brought to you by the quilted quicker picker upper. <laughs> Bounty. Bounty. Okay. There you go. There you go. There's a uh, there's a joke for you. Yeah, there we go. I bet that one uh, that one really landed, Steve. This next uh this next podcast, uh, this next ad is uh, sent in by Willa Hugh of the Just Surprise Me podcast. This is a spider headless guitar. It's $900 in Nashville, Green Hill. Steve says Willa Hugh is of the Just Surprise Me podcast. I say he's of being a longtime listener and friend. Yeah, I, he's don't, also, I, I don't think of people as just podcasters the way Steve I think he's does. also in the inner circle. Well, yeah, that's how you become a friend of ours, oh, okay. giving us money. Otherwise, you're not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is very, very nice condition. Beautiful inlay. Original hard shell case. Plays great. Uh, the one part of this that we uh, aren't really too sure of. I don't know how it plays great when it's missing all the bridge saddles. Like, I was sitting here looking at this like, wow, that bridge looks really weird. Like, why does it look that way? And then I was like, it doesn't have any part of it that intonates or adjusts in height. And so I looked up a different picture of this model guitar and it's completely just missing all the saddles. I don't even know how those saddles attach. Like it's a really unique bridge design. So I have no idea what's going on here, but considering you're probably going to have a tough time finding replacement saddles for this very unique bridge design, this guitar is functionally worthless now, right? Yeah, I I don't understand. Yeah, we're looking at a picture of it with with saddles in it. I don't understand how they're attached. Because what's left when they're gone is a clean, holeless plate. Like, there's nothing to screw into. There's nowhere to attach anything. It's it's a mystery. <laughs> like, what is even going on here? Are they held down by pressure alone? I have no idea. I, I really... It's bizarre, right? It's a bizarre design, and it looks like the one that's trying to be sold here for nine hundred bucks. Yeah, just also just bonkers, totally crazy. Because you can find these in 
not unplayable condition for 300 yeah and below yeah this is a a sub brand of uh steinbender steinberger steinberger i always mess up the name yeah i don't know why you keep messing up the name but you do i do it every single time with steinberger it's got burger in the name. I just need to remember that. I know. Just, just need to remember like, these hamburgers. guitars. These guitars are delicious. Yeah, hamburger guitars. Stein and a burger. What else do you want? That's all I want in life. I keep messing it up. So I don't know. If someone out there has a source for those bridge parts, maybe you want this guitar, but not for nine hundred bucks, especially when you can get it for so much cheaper. Yeah. Um I mean, that's the definition of why you wouldn't want to pay $900 for something because it is available for cheaper. (laughs) You get what I'm saying? I mean, it does have that monkey grip in there, so you can make sure you've always got a good grip on this guitar. I think there might be some kind of like plate insert that all of the saddles are attached Uh, to. And it's like the entire insert is missing. That would make sense. And so because there's got to be something missing in this. So the thing is, is I'm wondering if one either it's I mean, it's totally possible that they are just straight up lying when they say it plays great. Right. (laughs) Um, The other side of that is maybe they dropped the pickups all the way down as far as they can go. And the strings are just hitting like the front edge. And that's the fulcrum point. No, the strings are suspended off of the back edge tremolo part, the vibrato part. So those strings will, are just floating there. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's, yeah if, it, if, it, if it sits lower than where the saddles would be, maybe it is resting against that yeah. metal lip. I mean, I'm, I kind of was thinking the same thing you were, that they're probably just like sitting on top of off of that thing on the where like off yeah. of that angled piece uh by where they're mounted. This is just bonkers. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, these people saying it plays great, they have no they either have no idea what they're talking about or they're liars. <laughs> they're just flat out liars cuz something is very wrong with this guitar and it should not fetch $900 nor should it fetch $300, I dare say. I say that the seller of this guitar deserves the shame flute <laughs> for this the seller? listing. Yes. Maybe there needs to be a retail equivalent, too. There's a guy who's uploaded a, a couple uh, YouTube videos playing these things. Uh, but it's left-handed, so I, I, I don't know if normal people will be able to understand the video. <laughs> Oh, come on. I wasn't that funny. <laughs> I'm not laughing at the joke. I'm laughing at the fact that you tried to make it. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, this episode is also brought to you by Chase Bliss Audio. Thanks, Chase Bliss. We love uh, you. They make pedals more creative than you are with a digital brain and an analog heart. Except uh, for the Dark World, which is a digital brain and a digital heart. Uh, at the core of each one of these pedals is just an incredible sounding effect. Uh, and then on the periphery, are you know what else is digital? Bells and whistles. You know what else is digital about them? The MIDI, the way you operate the knobs. Oh, uh, with what? your fingers, with your digits. Good job, Ryan. Sorry, I interrupted you, Steve. No, it's fine. Yeah, I had a burp. Yeah. Okay. What were you going to say? Uh, you should go buy one. You should buy more than one. You should go buy two. Let's not let's not be conservative about this, Steve. You should go buy a pair 
of every Chase Bliss pedal. <laughs> there you go. A matching pair. Hey, Ryan, I got a question for you. Yeah. When you go to the guitar store. <laughs> yes. You pull a guitar off the wall. Yeah. What do you look at on the guitar? Well, someone no, someone didn't ask us this question because uh, there weren't enough good topics in our topic prompt on the Facebook group. We had to go to Reddit, guys. I'm not trying to shame you right now, Facebook group, but you should feel some shame over that. That we had to go to Reddit. Yeah, they you said, let us down. What things should I check when buying a guitar new from a store? I'm looking to buy my first brand new guitar in the next week or two, and I'm not sure what technical aspects of the guitar I should check before purchasing it. I plan on getting it set up either at the store or by a local luthier, so hopefully that should help me avoid a lot. Dot dot dot. Yeah. So, what do you think? What's your what's your what's the first thing you check when you pick up a guitar at a store? Uh, usually, like the first thing I check, and it's just in the process of picking it up, is um, the action. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's the first thing you're going to notice when you pick it yeah. up. Like how high the strings are off of the fretboard and the frets and whatnot. And some of that, you know, right away, that's like a thing where I look at it and I go like, well, is this, maybe this is a function. And that leads to other things that you're going to check. If you pick up a guitar and you're like, oh, the action's high. Now you're asking other questions. Why is the action high? Can it be addressed? Can it be adjusted out? Like you pick up the guitar, you look down the neck to see if there's a bow in the yeah, neck. Or, you know, is it straight? Is the neck straight? Are the, actually, are the, the saddles too high? The first know? thing I probably do is actually even before I do that is I look at the guitar and I go, are those strings dirty? And, and, hmm. and if they're dirty and gross, I go, those aren't Dario XTs. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> first thing Steve does after checking the action is he looks at the price tag and says, hmm, not expensive enough. I came in with a million dollars. I'd have to buy a thousand of these guitars to spend all my money. Yeah. 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 See, um, so I think that's the, the main thing. If it's a, cause that's your main playability issue. Right. Uh, is action after that. It's like, well, is it in tune? Obviously like you're messing with it. I know my mic's falling and I don't know why. Thanks buddy. I'm the one that's got to edit this. <laughs> yeah. Action tuning. Like I was slouching with it, you know, I mean, I think tuning though is tricky, like, because there can be a lot of things contributing to a guitar falling out of tune or not being in tune. And you can't really judge that. Well, I'm in not, store a lot I'm not saying that like as a judgment, I'm saying like in order for me to do everything else, it, has it to needs be to tune. be in at least relative tune to so itself. You, 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 know? fi- you fire up your your phone's tuner app a lot of the times i don't and and i know people like a lot of so people, if a guitar is not in tune you just walk away oh no a lot of people have like really good like a uh, really good starting pitch for at least like a low e sure um for me like if a guitar if i can get a guitar like i said in in rel like relatively tuned uh-huh so if i can get a guitar in tune to itself then i feel like that's good enough for me to mess around with it because everything's going to sound right as long as I don't have to play along with anybody else, you know? Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people that drives them crazy, but it <laughs> works for me. I didn't even do anything. Just pull it forward so that resting and start. Mic problems this Jeez. Um, so, so there's that. Uh, if, it's a, if it's a guitar with a three-way switch, actually any kind of switch, like yeah. that's probably the next thing I check is the switches and knobs. Because sure a lot of that stuff all works. Switches fail. Mm-hmm. especially when they were being abused by a bunch of teenagers in a store. Well, I know for a while, like in the early, yeah, like early to early mid two thousands, like 
the failure rate on Epiphone three-way switches was yeah. like extremely high. And I'll say this. If you find a guitar in a store with a bad switch or a pot or anything like that or a scratchy jack. You should buy it. That's bargaining room right there. If you yeah. like the rest of the guitar, you're like, ah, oh, this thing's got a bad switch. Can you knock off, you know, like 20% or something like that? They'll probably do it just so that they don't have to spend the time <laughs> fixing it. Even if it's your, your first guitar, buy yourself a soldering iron with that money you saved. Yeah. Learn how to solder a switch. It's not hard. Or, you know, you already said you're talking about, in this case, the guy was talking about, like, taking it to somebody to sure. do a setup. Like, see how much extra it would be to have them do that, too. Here's a point I'm about to make. If this person has the budget to take a guitar to get a setup, <coughs> they should have the budget where they're buying a guitar where there shouldn't be big issues with it. Because we're talking about issues that would probably plague a very budget instrument, like a bowed neck bad action because of irreparable things and whatnot Bus, uh, busted switches and things like that not, this person not necessarily because like when i'm, I'm saying, imagining this person is at least at a Schecter level of buying 300 400 for a new sure guitar. sure because if like they're gonna setup, go drop down another hundred bucks for a setup or whatever i don't think they're gonna like draw i'm saying like i think the idea here is that no matter what instrument you because i've seen I don't necessarily agree with it, but I've seen people who say like, like it doesn't matter what the guitar is. My first move is always to take it to my technician hmm. to get it set up the way that I want it. Why whether whether to, it's you know, why not a, just learn to do that yourself though? Maybe you don't have a garage. Not all of us have nice. You don't garages need a garage like you, to right? set up a guitar. Nice garage. Not all of us have. If you guys could see what we're looking at right now, not everyone has fancy tools from brands like Husky. And Harbor Frights. <laughs> we can't all afford that waterfront, that waterfront stuff. That waterfront Har stuff from Har Harbor Freight. Harbor Freight. That's right. My garage is on the waterfront. I've got a view of the bay. Of the Harbor Freight. <laughs> from my garage. Um, uh, I mean, know, all this some stuff people really... Just, some people just aren't mechanically inclined. Here's the thing I'll say. Like, if you're... We're, we're going down checklists of things that people could check on a guitar before they buy it. The thing you got to check that's most important is whether or not you enjoy playing it. Yeah, that's true. That will cover all your bases. If you don't enjoy playing it, there's something wrong. And then you have to figure out what's wrong to figure out if that can be fixed. Mm -hmm. But if you enjoy playing it, it's probably fine. Yeah, there you go. To break it down in the most simplistic terms possible... Because if it's bad, you're not going to have a good time. So how about that? How about that? Now I just got to type that into Reddit later. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Was that even like a recent post? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> I don't think there were any replies to it. Uh, there's like four, I think. So okay. Basically none. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's all sorts of technical things you could look at. But, I mean, it, guitar should be fun. And if you pick up a guitar and it's not fun, why would you buy it? Right. Are you do some housekeeping, right? I don't want to do it. I want you to do it. All right. Uh, this uh, is the portion of the show where we thank everybody who uh, helps support the show, whether it's through the Podbean patron page or through patreon.com slash 60cyclehumcast. You know what? I did that video a week or so back where I shot out the cheapest fuzz pedals I could find on Amazon. Content like that comes from our Patreons. It just does. Like It means that I can purchase 
you know, random wacky little things to make video content with and not have to worry about it coming out of, you know, the diaper fund or something, like that, right. you know? So if you want to help contribute to, you know, producing content here on 60 cycle home, whether it be through the podcast or through, you know, the video side of things, uh, the Patreon is a great way to do that. So uh, this week we uh, welcome Gavin Vander Linden and Paul Hook, who are both supporting us at the Inner Circle level. I need to get those guys in the Inner Circle. Find me on Facebook. If you go on to Patreon and look through the messages on the Inner Circle tier, I'm pretty sure I have put a link to my personal Facebook page on there so you can add me, and then I'll add you to the group. And if you're not on Facebook, um, well, thanks for supporting us anyway. Yeah, thank you. I was going to say too bad, but I think thank you is nicer. Uh, I'm going to send uh, for Gavin. I don't. This is like some crazy padded three and a half inch strap. Oh, beefy. Hope, hope you're a bass player. Or have a heavy uh, guitar. Hope your guitar is really heavy because here comes a big old strap. We're going to get rid of all this stuff soon with all these uh, and, new Patreons. And uh, I'm going to throw this bag of stickers and random little picks in there. And then for Paul... And you have other stuff at home, like stickers and magnets and whatnot and pens to throw in there, too. Right? Yeah. And then, Paul, I'm going to throw in this Ibanez bag and... Uh, give him the strap, too. Oh, those patch cables are good. Give him, the, give him that strap and the patch cables, Steve. There we go. This is a D'Addario uh, woven strap and uh, some reverb pancake cables. Three-pack cool. uh, pancake cables. So there you go. Someday we're going to run out of this stuff, and we're not going to do this anymore. It's going to be pretty soon, actually. Maybe I should beg for as much handouts as I can from Nam just to replenish those boxes. So there you go. Thanks, guys, for supporting the show. We super appreciate it. Um, like Ryan said, everything uh, that you guys send us gets put back into the show. It's basically letting us go to Nam. Well, it's not basically letting us go to Nam. Yeah, it covers cost free. It's letting us go to Nam cost free. It covers travel costs. Uh, we use money to buy our dinner every time we podcast, which doesn't sound like that big of a deal, but when you consider that uh, my wife doesn't have to cook a meal and I don't have to cook a meal, and we all just get to eat and relax. Yeah on the night that we podcast and take away, you know, the dads out of our family's lives for one evening. I think it's worth it to, uh, to eat some burritos and not have to worry about cooking. So big thanks to the patrons and the inner circle. All right. I don't know why I spent so much time justifying us eating food. Yeah. I don't know. That was of all of the things that was like, I was basically let, let put a huge open on like, trips and you know all this stuff that we would not be able to do if we were not funded because also we eat food very expensive but you know burritos yeah that's important too <laughs> i mean it is um this last ad was sent in by the inboxer this is a 1979 pvt 40 body it was the best price on reverb 69 plus 20 dollars shipping uh sadly this was modded to create weight knowing relief. you steve you would pay 420 dollars shipping that's true that's true uh Created to uh to was modded to create weight relief. Maybe someone here will like it, or you can fill it and make it a solid color. Yeah, I mean that's a lot of filler. Yeah, that's a lot of bondo. Uh, other parts for the base is in other listings. So this is sixty nine dollars for the body and the pit guard. And if you want the other parts, you got to go to the rest of the store. Um, I. I don't like what's going on with the pit guard. I don't necessarily hate all of this. 
I hate the parts removed from the top part of the guitar, the armrest and top horn. I think that's the part I'm like most okay with. Uh, it looks like it was carved out with a fork. It looks really bad. I hate the shapes. I hate how thin the wood is. Like if you were going to do this kind of chambering on this guitar, this kind of weight relief, route it out of the back and leave the top pristine. Mm. I've thought about doing something like that to my, well, that's why I'm my saying, Explorer because like, my Explorer is so stupid that's heavy. That's the part of the pit guard that like is frustrating to me is because you could have taken the pit guard off, yeah. put all of those same holes and put the pit guard back on and you, know, you would only know from the back. Yeah. And I get it. These guitars are heavy. Yeah intensely heavy guitars probably one of the heaviest guitars i've ever picked up do you uh, think do maybe you think only the, rivaled uh, by the bc rich acrylic guitars do you think the uh and this was the bass too yeah do you think the the thinness of the upper part of the body is thin enough that it would like break under maybe not normal usage i would say do you think it would break under my normal usage yeah I think that's thin enough that one of like the top horn could snap. I don't think it matters if the armrest area snaps off because you can just wood glue that. But I could right. see that top horn snapping off while playing and have it be close to non-repairable. Um, well, that's just the holes drilled through the pit guard into the wood. Although it's bananas, I feel like I respect it more than those giant parts of the body that are routed out fully like because it's just more kind of like wacky right and it's i kind of like that they're all a little bit different holes it's just cheese yeah it's cheese it's, it's one yeah, of the holes was cheese one of the holes on the upper arm looks like it didn't look at the back the upper yeah. arm it looks like it's completely mangling the line yeah so that's so good. I don't understand what's going on in the back here with these holes like what's this black ring they tried to soften it and round out the holes with some sort of tool and it left some kind of like burn oh. mark. So maybe some sort of tool that was spinning too fast and left burn holes. Cause it was probably like, they're probably getting splinters off the holes in the back. Yeah. This is for shame. I don't think these are worth enough for someone to look at this and be like, I've got to rescue this guitar and fill it in so that I can sell you know, it's left of this original wood of a PVT 40. Mm-hmm. Like these are really fun gu- guitars. I know this is the bass, but the, uh, the, the T series from PV was a yeah. lot of fun, very heavy, but really unique hardware and pickups. And it's just a shame to see it mangled in this sort of way, but they are famously very, very heavy. And I don't fault someone for wanting to weight relief it, but this is just the wrong way to do it. Mm-hmm. I, all these, all these big routes they should have just done in the back and then put, you know, like a cover over it. Right. Shameful. Shameful. It's Shame. Sad. It's a sad day in the guitar world when you see something like this. When they've done it dirty. Then they've done the T40 dirty here. <laughs> I mean, 69 bucks, what do you think? Do you think that's I mean, I, go I, for I, think price? I, I think I might have paid 69 bucks. I mean, if I had like parts laying around that I could I would. I mean, maybe I that's the this. issue. Is like everything else is so unique that by the time you like hunt down all of the parts as well, yeah, you're like well into you know pretty expensive territory. Yeah, and you got to find a neck for this. Well, presumably this the, is a. Do you think the guy had the neck too, or no? Here's the problem. This is a bad project starter. Right. If you're starting a project, you're not going to start with this. Mm-hmm. Like you're just not. Mm-hmm. 
I think old bases like this, the best project starter is always going to be already having in the neck. Well, yeah, but I mean, if you're going to start a base project, you might as well get a body that's painted the color you want. That's not full of holes and right. stuff like that. And so the exact shape you want, and then you can pick a neck because if you're starting from parts then you can probably get parts that go with each other. I don't know. I, I say no buy. I don't say don't. I don't say don't buy this for any price. Buy not and no it up. Yeah, right, I'm this, a, uh, this song uh, is sent by Michael Neighbors. He says, Hi, Ryan. Attached is a track my band put out a little while ago. It would be a true honor for you to put this in a future podcast. The recording quality isn't the greatest due to the cheap karaoke mic used to record. Getting better mic soon. The uh, guitar equipment used is a uh, 2007 uh, Korean Dano Pro reissue. A Fender Mustang 20 being piped into an old Fender 2x12. A Boss OD1, DS1, and vocoder for solo. The bass is my friend's Ibanez TMB100 with Geezer Butler signature EMG P-Bass pickup going directly into an interface. Once again, this would be a true honor. Something, something. I clicked the link so it went away. Michael, here we go. Here we go. He's clicked play. We're about to hear the song as soon as it loads. The wheel is spinning. cool yeah that's very like lo-fi like garage rock jam i dug it oh what is that 
then whatever the next thing on Spotify started playing. All right, bye everyone. Stay grounded. Stay grounded. See ya.